today on CityCast Denver. Growing up here, I have faint memories of local television shows. But one thing I'll never forget are local TV commercials. Sure, we had Big Mike Naughton's yeehaws, Bonnie from O'Mara Ford's scratchy voice sales pitch, and of course, Deal and Doug screaming at us to buy cars. But it was Rocky's Auto's episodic TV ads that got me every time. And in particular, Rocky's unofficial spokesman, the Shagman. How do you get your car so clean? Gross! It's tried and true, folks. Trading in your vehicle, give it a spit shine first. It'll be worth more. Shaggy, that's indecent. I should write you a ticket. Last week, Rocky's Autos announced that after 40 years, they were closing for good. So today, I sit down for an exit interview with a true Denver star. The guy everyone wants to hear from. The Shagman himself. Also known by his real name, Ron Vigil. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Will you do it? Will you do it for us? Oh, you know what? Here, um, hey there, this is Shagman. You're listening to CityCast Denver. Listen up. Something like that. I don't know. Ron Vigil, welcome to CityCast Denver. Hey, thank you. Actually, I'm a, uh, I'm a listener. I've uh, listened to you <laughs> since, I think it was, what, January 1st, I think you had a show. And uh, that's been great, actually. So I like catching up with you. I'm kind of a, that's kind of why I uh, responded to you. It's like, oh no, what's that? Oh, what's that girl? So I I must be somebody. (laughs) You you are somebody. I I grew up here in Denver. So I grew up knowing you as the shag man. Wow. Um, What, what's the origin of the shag man? Who is the shag man? Well, the shag man, uh, a shagger is an industry term for car guys and car people. That's an industry term that basically is a person that drives cars to and from the lot, does uh, different, um, oh, little errands, uh, taking cars to emissions and things like that. Rocky Shagman here, going through a little bit of viewer mail. Mark Alexander of Denver writes, Dear Shagman, I wonder at the origin of the name Shagman. Are you a Welsh? <laughs> I'm not sure what you're implying, Mark, but let me just say this. A Shagman or Shagger is the backbone of Rocky's quality control. We are automotive sanitational engineers specializing in vehicular cosmetic enhancement. Hey, Shaggy, clean up this mess. I'll be right there. I'm glad we had this time together. Come in, check out our work. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Get to work. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Thank you, sir. So that's what shagging cars is. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So you're like, you were like playing the Rocky's autos lackey. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Basically, that's <laughs> it. The lot tech, the, the guy who kind of sweeps the <laughs> floors and stuff. And they kind of incorporated that a little bit later that I was the janitor and the everything person, you know, <laughs> wore many hats. So, Tell me about your relationship with Rocky's Autos. Uh, how did you get this role? Where did how did the Shagman become part of your life? Well, um, I uh, I have studied acting since the 1980s, and I have a master's in uh, acting, classically trained, doing Shakespeare, all that stuff for so long. And then I uh, had an agent out in Los Angeles, and before I decided to go there, I came back home because this is my home here, Denver, Colorado came home to be with my parents before going out to Los Angeles. And I was spending the the waning days of the summer in 1995 
And I decided to go to this audition. And that's basically what it was. It was for Rocky's Autos. And um, I got it, basically. So my relationship with Shagman goes, you know, 28 years, something like that. And, you know, on and off for a couple of years here and there, because they tried to replace me with one person or another. And I just fell flat on his face. Because I was so good. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, no, seriously. I'm flexing my muscles too much. No, but I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw a commercial or two with like a fake shag man. And I was like, okay, yeah. who is this guy? It's yeah, not my shag I, man. You know, for, for anybody who's out there, because there was a resurgence there um, in, in television ad buys for Rockies around 2000. And uh, they had another person. And they had a couple of different people in there. And um, actually, no disparagement on either of them. I actually was in uh, audition rooms with both of these guys. Um, <laughs> and I forget their names. And I'm not trying to even say anything <laughs> bad. But I do forget their names. One's name is Jay. And the other is somebody. He does something on radio. But yeah, we would all <laughs> audition together in the same um, in the same audition room. You know, when you get called into the other room. And that was back in the uh, 80s and 90s where we did it. So I was good friends with those people. And um but yeah, they tried to replace me with other people and, you know, it didn't, didn't it work. It didn't work. So, yeah. But you're, you're a classically trained actor. Um, you were getting ready to do your big Hollywood thing. And then you yeah. got this job in your yeah. hometown. You, that's the, that was the big part of the thinking of it for me was that, you know, if I can be a working actor and kind of do what I want to do and be at home, you know, in my own hometown, yeah. you know, why would I want to go to a big city? Because a lot of those auditioning rooms, you didn't just have three shag men in a room playing for one part. It was 20 guys who looked. I, I mean, if you don't think anyone looks like you in this world, <laughs> you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. There are at least 20 guys in Los Angeles that look like me, you know, let alone, you know, them to have a big cattle call and having another 20 other guys that look like you height, weight, hair length, everything. It's it's amazing. So that was playing a numbers game out there. So I decided just to stay here and uh, kind of make something because it was independent. It was non-union. So I didn't have to pay dues or anything. And I just kind of was given the reign to kind of create something. I thought, well, you know, let's just do this and have fun, see what happens. You're tapping into something that I think makes Denver really special, which is it's easier for us, especially in the creative fields, to be a big fish in a small pond versus being one of a million fish in L.A. So I, I really identify with that, like, oh, there's only maybe two other shagmans out there in Denver, and I'm, you know, the best. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I don't want to start any fights, but, you know. So I want to describe a Rocky's Autos commercial for maybe a newcomer to the city who didn't grow up with them like I did. So what's the premise of a Rocky's Autos commercial? A Rocky's Autos commercial was something that uh, appeared on your television set in the middle of, let's say, well, you know, the perfect time was during a newscast. Because we would always do a commercial, we try to do two commercials a week, and um, mainly wow. because we wanted to be timely. You know, when something hit, we wanted to be there to shoot it, edit it within a couple of days, and get it on TV, preferably by news time. News time is usually one of the most expensive times because everyone's watching. And that was back then. It's kind of before this internet thingy happened. But um, <laughs> that was when it hit. 
So it would interrupt your your news watching mentality and bust through that fourth wall. The fourth wall being Shagman can look right directly into the camera at you and say, hey, you sitting there <laughs> on the couch. I know you're scratching. I see what you're scratching. Come with me for a bit. Shagman, you claim to have a large selection of used vehicles. What proof do you have? Oh, well, uh, here is a picture of our selection. And as you can see, we have lots of cars. That angle is suspect. Here is a different angle. And we would go on, and sometimes Shaggy would be in drag. Sometimes the main character, Shagman. Yeah. Shagman, that's me. Uh, he would be in drag. He would be a sportscaster. He would be, be a politician. Uh, something. Yeah. Absolutely. I always likened him uh, to um, an unintelligent Bugs Bunny. That's what Bugs <laughs> Bunny was. He was a conductor. He was a Viking. He was, you know, 500 different things, depending on the episode there. But at the very end, you know, you would tie it all back and go Rocky's Auto, 63rd and Federal. Come and get, you know, we have nice used cars. And that was it. You know, we, we weren't really at, at the beginning of the those whole commercials really trying to show you our inventory. We were just showing you something goofy and then saying, oh, by the way, come see us here. And that was it. That's yeah. how it started. That was, for me, that was the perfect formula because it got people going, what are they doing? What are they? And, and it, got, it, it engaged the, the, uh, the viewer and to asking their own questions and seeking us out from there. Well, and I love this parallel that you've made between sort of uh, the style of the commercial and Looney Tunes. And I think it's kind of like blowing my mind right now. Like, yes, it grabbed my attention for 30 seconds. It didn't necessarily focus on the cars, but I knew it was a commercial for a dealership. Like, yeah. you know, brought it around at the end. I, kn I know the commercials get knocked for looking cheap. And looking, you know, like, oh, they could have done that better. Or, you know, look, look, Ron's face is oily. He didn't have a makeup person there that day. And it's true. <laughs> we actually wanted to go for a very subversive look. And it, it worked, apparently. Yeah. Well, and I also love, like you were talking about, um, tapping into the news of the day. So... I, I, you know, thinking about Rocky's Auto's commercials that touch on pot legalization and the yeah. or current election and all these sorts of things, which is commercials don't usually respond in that way. Yeah. You know, like I think that's very innovative. Yeah. And, you know, we we really tried to not even play the middle, but we played both sides, you know, I yes. mean, especially towards the end, you know, how polarizing everything became. We didn't want to just play the middle because that wasn't exciting. What was exciting was playing either extreme. And you, and we did. We played either extreme. There were some scripts where I was like, oh, God, you know, what am I doing? You know, but <laughs> it's a check. And hopefully my son won't see this or, you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. 
There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So I have to ask about your your colleagues. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Audra and Officer Odell. I think yeah. your chemistry is great. What was it like on set? What's How did this come to be? Um, you know, the, the first time we used Officer Odell, that was a year into my going into the uh, commercials. And we had a story where a policeman pulls me over. And he's enamored of my car so much that he takes it for a ride and steals it for me. So that was that was Officer Odell. And then ever since then, he's been with me on the adventures. About three years later, it was me and Officer Odell playing off each other. And then we did a promotion for a racetrack. And the trophy girl was Audra. And so she kind of mixed with us for a couple of the promotions. And then pretty soon we thought, well, let's just add a let's add a woman in there because it, yeah. it was just it was just fun. I'm so tired of walking. I wish I had a car to get me to grandmother's house. Oh, there's Rockies. They'll have the perfect car for me. Yeah, she looks familiar. How can we help you? I'm looking for the perfect car to get me to grandmother's. Let's see what we've got. This one's too big, too fast, too small, too fancy. This one's just right. There's always one that's a perfect fit. You know that with the boss's car, right? Hey, where's my car? Rockies Auto. If you have four people, they pair off and everything becomes even. But if you have mm. three, you can always play threes in some way or another. Three is good in rhythm. Three is good in um, delivery of com comedy. Two can be versus one. All the combinations of three is great. So it's an even number and it makes us, it, it, made, it, it made it a lot more fun to, to play with as an actor. And we all had fun on set. One of the things I do know from just doing uh, classical theater, you've got to keep your actors engaged no matter what. Yes. Otherwise, if it dries up and it becomes just about the language or the text, you know, you're not taking that audience anywhere. You know, the audience is going to take themselves out of it, you know, by either walking yeah. out or switching the channel. So you've got to engage them. <laughs> So, Ron, I have to ask, a, a couple of folks have mentioned this to me, and I, I kind of have faint memories of this, too. Was there a whole Rocky's Autos show at some point, like a late night? It feels like a late night fever dream at this point. Oh, yeah. But was there a, a show? Yeah, there was a show in the early 2000s. Uh, we had, a, well, what did we call it? I think it was just the Rockies Autos, uh, the Rockies Autos. show or Rockies Autos show. <laughs> I think that's what it was. That was a long time ago. We had our own band. We had... Uh, you know, dancers, we had sketch performers that played with us. We had uh, our main bad guy. He was, uh, he was a, a, a gangster. You know, he yes. had his, his girlfriend who was, who was a guy. And it, they kind of made plays play on that, you know, and just kind of <laughs> just had fun with it. But it was a half an hour show. And we did it for, I believe we did it every week for about three or four months. And it got to the point where we beat Conan O'Brien in late night for a while, <laughs> you know, and that was that was kind of a little point of pride for us. But that was, yeah, the, the attitude that we went into it with is just let's just do a show. Let's see what happens. And uh, it, I, it was fun. It was fun to do. It was tiring, but it was fun. 
Ron, do you have a favorite Rocky's Autos commercial? Well, uh, the <laughs> ones that I wrote are, uh, you know, are incredibly brilliant. Um, no, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, there was a, I uh, wrote the pot commercial where, you know, Denver or Colorado oh, legalized pot. So and good. I actually, I remember that session in, uh, I think, well, it was on, you know, at the Capitol here. And when they passed it, I thought, what if we could do that? And we decided to produce it within the day. And it, it was, it was one of the first that we had that was incredibly timely because the whole session in the state actually ended on a Friday. And that's when we released that commercial on that Friday. So it was timely enough, but it got pulled off the air uh, after one or two oh. viewings from all the stations, but it's on uh, here. I am here. I am plugging everything. It's on Rocky's autos on uh, YouTube. Is this any way to represent Rockies? You guys are smoking pot. It's legal now. It's still a federal offense, mister. Nice badge, officer. Can I touch it? <laughs> See, that explains why no work gets done. This is ridiculous. I should arrest you. You don't have the jurisdiction. <laughs> I know someone who has jurisdiction. Shaggy, you're in big trouble. <laughs> That's mama's medicine. Oh, wow, man. It's smoking deals only at Rocky's Autos, dude. 63rd and Federal. I have watched it several times yeah. this week. <laughs> There's two different versions of that. There's a 60-minute or 60-minute, wow, 60-second version <laughs> and a 30-second version. I love the idea of pushing the envelope with a commercial. You know, oh, yeah. like, yeah. it's there, not something that a lot of folks think of. There was one crazy one that we did a, a few years back where I accidentally spit on a police officer. And it kind of was like, ooh, we better not do that, <laughs> you know, because it was an accident, but I was trying to wipe it off. And in wiping it off, I made a bigger deal about it. And I, I don't know, that may have been tone deaf or that may have been everybody just thinking we could do too much too, too soon. Can I ask, are you recognized as the shag man when you're out in the world? Yes, I still get, you know, I'm at this... Um, <laughs> I should point this camera. I can't. There's a couple of people there looking at me. And they're going, hey, that's him. Yeah. And especially after, you know, Rocky's closed. But people have recognized me. Even during COVID, I think it's funny is I get recognized more. I got recognized more during COVID when we covered the masks over your face. But everyone recognized my voice. And I, I was going to say. I never thought of that. But, you know, I think my voice is, you know, I guess it's distinctive. When you when you it say, totally is when you say a, a a line a certain way for so many years, everyone catches that. And you're like Rocky's Auto, sixty third and Federal, or whatever, and that's it. <laughs> Hi, Shagman here for Rocky's. You know, and people get it. Will Will the Shagman ever return to television? You know, I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't think so unless someone buys the rights. But then again, mm. I guess if you're out of business, and I think yeah. you know Rocky's closes doors, I think those rights are freed up i think i don't know i'm not a legal guy so but yeah i um i don't know it would be neat to you know to have a reference here and there maybe i'll slip it in somewhere um you know wear a red hat and then suddenly throw it away all those or, red hats you know red hats boy if anyone needs a red hat like actually don't let me know because <laughs> i i already have a bunch of a markdown uh for other people but they're around actually go to uh Secondhand stores. You have plenty of them for sale for 10 bucks. You'll find them. Signed. <laughs> They're all signed. 
Oh yeah, we forced ourselves to sign them all. My uh, my husband has one because uh, he also grew up here, and his dad uh, shot some of your commercials back in the day. Oh no, and, kidding! And really? so, so my my husband has his dad's hat, and like it's coveted. People ask about it all the time. <laughs> Well, Ron, this has been so lovely. I really appreciate you um, humoring me with this interview because, you know, it's the end of an era for some of us that grew up in Denver. We grew up with you on TV and um, I really wish you the best of luck um, on your next endeavor. Maybe we'll see you on a stage at the DCPA or maybe we'll see you on our TV screens. I I don't know, but I, I wish you the best and I really appreciate you taking this time today. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm lonely nowadays, so call me whenever oh. you need. <laughs> and here's what else Denverites are talking about. Another contender for Denver's next mayor has entered the race. Past CityCast Denver guest, Representative Leslie Harrod. Harrod joins an already crowded field of candidates for arguably one of the city's biggest elections in the past two decades. And just a reminder, the mayoral election isn't until April of 2023, so there's a chance we'll see even more people pop up to join the mayoral smackdown. And to follow up on a story we brought you a few months ago, a Denver judge has dismissed a lawsuit brought by Adams 14 against the State Board of Education. According to Chalkbeat, this opens the doors to reorganize the Commerce City School District, which will likely lead to school closures, budget reallocation, and massive changes for students. I've included a link in the show notes to our interview with Chalkbeat reporter Yesenia Robles, who has been covering the issues with Adams 14 for the last few years. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Deal and Doug about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. It's just going to do all that again. La 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 la.